This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's issue, Life After Cheating. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, if I were skinnier or if I was prettier or if I was richer, he or she would not have strayed. Yes. And that has to do with that person who's being cheated on. That has nothing to do with the person who's doing the cheating. However, they're punishing this person for meeting their own needs in ways that don't satisfy them. And so it's two people who are trying to get their needs met. One, in ways that they're looking outside of their relationship to do it, whether sexually or otherwise. And again, I'd like to point out what you said earlier. It's not about justifying it or excusing it. There is no excuse. I'm not saying that this person who cheated had a right to do things this way. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com slash Audible. I love the word free. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can get them from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. When I was in my 20s, I remember I was working out this one time with a beautiful, confident friend that I looked up to. Um, She was recently married, and out of the blue, we're like on the treadmill or something, she says, I don't expect John to be faithful to me. Men cheat, Lynn. Oh, my God. I was taken aback, like shocked, standing there with my mouth open, considering that I never expected somebody to cheat on me, and I never expected anybody to cheat on my confident friend, and where was the confidence and self-loving friend that I thought I knew? It was pretty shocking. I don't even think I said anything. Then in my 40s, another friend who was married forever and had a couple of kids, married a great guy. I loved him. I actually still love him, but not like that. Mm. Um, And I just really liked him. Anyway, she called me up crying, saying that her husband was a sex addict and he was cheating on her, like, a lot. Um, And again, shock fell over me. My first reaction was sadness that surely their marriage would be over after cheating And, you know, I thought that because it would be for me if that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. But as I live on this earth, I've learned that things aren't always so black and white. It's not person cheats on poor other person, the end. There's always a reason for cheating, too. And I want to, I can't stress this enough. The reason does not condone the cheating. It just helps us understand what we can all take from it and take ownership of our own part. Um, my friend with the kids ended up staying with her man, believe it or not, getting a lot of therapy. Oh my God, they were seeing like three therapists, different ones a week. I don't know how they did it, but, um, still there's always an underlay of distrust and hurt between the two of them. I mean, they're good, but they're not perfect. Although I know nobody's perfect. So the question is, how does the cheaty get past being cheated on in a marriage or relationship? And how's the, how does the cheater take responsibility, forgive him or herself and move forward? and like not do it again. We're going to find out with our guest today, a relationship expert, and she specializes in this stuff, Layla Blackwell. Time for Lynn's Confessions. Okay, top three things on my mind today. Number one, I remember when I was in Italy 120 years ago, uh, I was there for work, and this was (laughs) during my first marriage. I always hate talking about relationships. Well, like my first marriage, my second marriage. I need to like label them. There's been so many. Okay, so that was my first marriage. And anyway, so I was in Italy and I proceeded to make out with the bellman. 
you know, the bellboy, the guy, like, ringing the bell, takes your luggage. Oh, my God. It was like a drug. I, I'm not proud of it. I was then, though. I didn't really care. But now I care. But at the time, it opened my eyes to the fact that something was wrong. And I was pretty miserable. So I guess I needed that guy to show me that I was pretty miserable. It was just making out, but still it's infidelity, yeah. I think. Number two, the second thing on my mind is, I'm talking so fast. No, I haven't had any coffee. I don't drink coffee. Number two, I'm wondering if we as humans are meant to be with one person at a time. Like, I mean, I want that, but I'm wondering, is that how we're wired? Third thing on my mind, summer is coming and I really need to zap a few nasty varicose veins. TMI. Background check. The background on today's guest, Layla Blackwell, is a relationship coach. She's also host of the Pleasure Map for the Own Your Own Power Radio Network. She's also contributed to some books called She Loved Herself and Essential Wisdom. Mm-hmm. She's been married for a long time and she's got a few kids of her own. She's perfect for this podcast because she specializes in helping people with love and intimacy, something we all want. Welcome, Layla. Thank you so much, Lynn. I'm so happy to be here with you today. You, well, you've been married 25 years? Uh, or 22. Oh, 22. Together, 27. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a long-ass time. It is. And that's success in its own right. Congratulations. Yes. As of today, yes. As of <laughs> today. You. It is daily. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, let's start with the focus on the person who was cheated on. Okay. Question is, I guess overall, does everyone cheat? No. No, not everyone cheats. There are the rare few whose eyes never stray and who never think about another person aside from their spouse. Um, but with today's broad definition of what cheating is, I would say that that's the rare find. We've broadened the definition of what it is to be unfaithful and what cheating is so far that it's almost unident. It's, it's not even identifiable at this point. Okay, Layla, that's depressing. And yeah. we should just end the podcast and go jump off a bridge. Yeah. I mean, the real statistic is something like uh, up to 60% of people internationally are, have cheated or are cheating on someone that they're with. So that's huge. But we have in the United States anyway, broadened the definition of what cheating is so far that if, like you said, someone kisses the bellman or texts someone inappropriately or is following pictures on social media or welcomes a social media invite. You know, if certain things happen, we count that as cheating. Well, let's talk about what cheating is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you describe like the actions, you know, following a little stalky, somebody on Instagram, for example, or like you said, texting somebody inappropriately, which Mm -hmm. may be like, oh, you looked really cute today. Um, But you know, with that Mm -hmm. tone. Um, which isn't always conveyed in texting or, you know, what, what exactly is cheating? Because they talk about cheating of the heart. They do. They talk about emotional infidelity Mm -hmm. as well as actual physical infidelity. And what I have to say that I've learned over time is it has to be identified by the couple. Um, I think it's just anywhere that you're injecting dishonesty and hiding things. Because there are some people who will even identify it, and I did it one time, identify it as anything you wouldn't do in front of your significant other or wouldn't want them to know you did. You did it? What did you do? No, no, no. Confessions with Layla. No, I'm saying I used to identify it that way. Oh, I understand. Yeah. (laughs) I used to identify, you know, cheating or being unfaithful that way. Anything you wouldn't want your significant other to know you did 
or you wouldn't do in front of them. That makes sense. But that is a very, again, broad definition. There are times that I talk to my girlfriends and I say things I wouldn't want my husband to know. Mm, See what I'm but saying? But there's not a sexual overtone. There's not No, a- but it, it's not just that. You can't just identify it as just a sexual overtone because people have broadened it to emotional mm, infidelity. I see. Where you're looking at, okay, someone has a special relationship with a coworker at work. It's not sexual, but they do spend time with them and they do look forward to spending time with them. And people are counting that as an affair of the heart. Well, that's depressing. If you say it's very rare, what do we do with that statement and that if we believe that that fact i do believe that we have to soften our judgment on people and the choices that they make for themselves and we want to talk about the person who we are referring to as being cheated on right and so for that person i want to help them move past the hurt without victim blaming because obviously they are on the receiving end of a hurt that they didn't directly contribute to We'll get to the indirect stuff mm-hmm. later. Um, but the idea is for them to soften their um, judgment of it so they don't take it so personally. Because in reality, it's not about them. The person, Explain that. The person who cheated or who was inappropriate with someone else or had a relationship that was more meaningful for a period of time than their relationship with you um, isn't about you. As the person who's being cheated on, who might feel a little bit neglected, you want to make it about you because you're missing something in your relationship that you want back. So the idea is not to take that person's action where they're doing something for themselves as an action against you, simply start asking for and contributing to getting what it is you need. Well, I think people take it personally when they're cheated on because ultimately underneath that, that makes them feel not good enough. Exactly. Like, well, if I were skinnier or if I was prettier or if I was richer, he or she would not have strayed. Yes. And that has to do with that person who's being cheated on. That has nothing to do with the person who's doing the cheating. However, they're punishing this person for meeting their own needs in ways that don't satisfy them. And so it's two people who are trying to get their needs met. One, in ways that they're looking outside of their relationship to do it, whether sexually or otherwise. And again, I'd like to point out what you said earlier. It's not about justifying it or excusing it. There is no excuse. I'm not saying that this person who cheated had a right to do things this way. What I'm trying to point out is they didn't do this as an action against the other. And the person who is offended by their action has the power to not feel hurt, has the power to not feel victimized. And that's the power that I'd like to give back to them to know that if what you're feeling because your significant other is giving attention elsewhere is insecurity or is uh, self-doubt or even feeling betrayed, even if it's feeling betrayed, take a look at what it is you're missing, not what they're doing, because what they're doing can be disciplined by you insisting on getting what it is you need from the relationship. Okay, let's do let's pretend, Layla, that your wonderful husband of 22 years, been mm-hmm. with him 100, whatever you said, 25, yeah. <laughs> 27, um, cheated on you, uh-huh. had sex, took off his clothes, and inserted his penis in another woman's vagina. Yeah, sorry to be so vulgar, but this is a podcast. So I can do that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's just a fact. So like, like you're picturing it, he tells you he got caught or he tells you whatever. How 
you instantly, because you're a human, you're wired mm-hmm. to be a human. How do you not take that personally? How does your heart not hurt? You, I would get hurt, mm-hmm. and I'll speak for me. I would get hurt, and I would be disappointed, and I would feel betrayed, and I would start to ask myself the questions, why did this happen? But I wouldn't necessarily look at it as, he did this to me. I see. You're owning your feelings. I feel hurt. I feel betrayed. Yes. And by doing that, which we've talked about in this podcast, um, in the show, by doing that, you're keeping your power. That's Instead it. of saying, I'm mm-hmm. a victim. Exactly. Poor me. I mean, you know, poor you. A lot of compassion, but not like I'm a victim. I can't do anything. Can't do anything he, he about it. He did this it. to me. He, it's not that he did it to me. He did something for himself and didn't consider. Right, but that's a healthier. And didn't consider me in taking that action. And so what is it that I need from him? What is it that I need in my relationship, whether with him or not, that I'm not getting? Probably to feel considered. To feel considered, to feel respected, to feel honored, to feel cherished, right? To feel protected, even from him, right? right? That's what I'm looking for in my relationship. And so how can I ask for that without um, making his action about me? Because chances are he had his reason, again, not an excuse or justification, mm-hmm. but chances are he had a reason for doing what it is he would have done. That reason has nothing to do with me. So I don't need to uh, forgive him because he had a reason. I don't need to say it's okay that you did that because you had a reason. But what I do need to do is not confuse the two. Right. To understand that he got something out of doing that and to help him understand that him doing that did something to me. Right. Well, I think, I mean, I understand what you're saying. And this is like graduate level, I think, therapy. But it's we can understand also how that's very challenging for a lot of people. A lot of yes. people get hurt in the, uh, excuse me, a lot of people get stuck in the feeling like a victim stage. Yes. Because my friend did for a long time, for over a year, angry. But underneath that anger, it was feeling powerless yes. and that something was done to her. And I'll tell you a couple of stories so that it can illustrate it better from both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman who's in her 40s been with her husband for a very long time. They have children of of their own. And she was sexually assaulted at 19 when she was in college traveling for study abroad. Um, It wasn't something she ever reported. She was away. Her parents never knew. She didn't really talk about it with anyone. And it wasn't a brutal assault where she was uh, physically damaged, bruised. You understand what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? It wasn't a violent assault. It was violent in that it was a sexual assault. Her power was taken from her Mm -hmm. and she hadn't had any sexual experiences before that. This was her first Mm -hmm. sexual experience, 19 years old, a sexual assault. And, you know, he held his hand over her mouth and he held her down and he took what he wanted to take. And they got up and she left and she went about her life as if nothing had happened. And that was her first sexual experience. She never told her husband. She didn't discuss it with anyone, but she lived the rest of her life being very sexually repressed. You know, she just kind of left it there where it it. happened and Mm -hmm. said, okay, I'm just going to move forward. It is what it is. And she went on. And so her sexual life with her husband was very kind of motivated by this is my duty Mm -hmm. this is what i have Mm -hmm. to do and when she started reaching the age of sexual liberation as you know tends to happen as women get older we feel a little bit more alive and we start to um 
feel better in ourselves mm -hmm. and more uh, free sexually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she started feeling that from the inside. And mm -hmm. her life was really good. But this one area of her life, her sexual life with her husband, was still very bland and unsatisfying for her. Mm -hmm. And she knew that and understood that that had been her dynamic up until that point. But now she was feeling more sexually alive. And she cheated on her husband. Now, he didn't deserve it or earn it, this was her thing, you know? Um, and it's not that he was perfect either, but he wasn't a horrible person. You know, he wasn't cheating on her. He wasn't necessarily treating her badly. They just had the normal marital stuff. And she cheated on her husband with her car mechanic. Um, and it turned out that in the end, what she was looking for was to resolve the feeling of assault, to choose someone dangerous to be with and to be in control of that sexual situation where there was a little bit of danger, where she could feel overpowered by a man and still come out of it. And she didn't feel safe going to her marriage for that because she only wanted to feel loved by her husband. She didn't want to feel overpowered by him. What a fascinating and great example of a, of, of, of a story. What, what a great story. So she repressed this awful feeling mm -hmm. for 20 some years mm -hmm. and dealt with it by kind of recreating what happened, but yeah. having power this time. Exactly. And the, on the surface, if you look at it, it's just simply a woman having sex with a hot mechanic yeah. and cheating on her husband. And anybody could look at that and judge it and say, what a terrible person she is, how great this man is, and they have a family, how could she put her family at risk? But in reality, her doing that opened her up to a more alive sexual relationship with her husband. So they stayed together? This was before he found out about the affair. Ah, uh, so they started having better sex. Yes. So even though she was with mm -hmm. another man, her um, resolving the sexual assault in her own way allowed her to be more sexually available for her husband and helped their sex life bloom. Um, but you know what? When you cheat, mm -hmm. Bellman, um, of any kind, usually most humans feel bad mm -hmm. because whenever we lie, there's always a sense of guilt. Yes. Um, so how did she feel when she was having this great sexual relationship with her husband in the back of her head knowing... Mm, did the car mechanic. Yes, of course, she did feel guilty. She did feel guilty, but she also, you know, for some people, especially uh, people who are traumatized in their past, they learn how to compartmentalize, right. you know? When you've suffered trauma, you learn how to lock bits and pieces away. So she was able to compartmentalize her affair, her guilty feelings, and her sexual life with her husband, and still be available as a mom. I mean, imagine how split this person has to be in their life in order to accommodate all of those things. And this is not to tell a story to have people feel sorry for her. She right. was in a phase in her life where she actually felt empowered mm -hmm. for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, she felt alive and like she was able to be more available to the people in her life without having this cloud of sadness hanging over her. She had a cloud of guilt that she replaced mm -hmm. it with. Um, and ultimately, they were able to work through it, but in the long run, they didn't stay together. Um, so they were able to work through it in a way that was that they could deal with the day to day, and they did that for a number of years. Well, she healed herself. Mm -hmm. She did, and it's not the ideal way to do it. Please right. don't go out and do that just to right. solve your. But I hear your point your is there's there's always a reason a behind reason. you. I mean, if I could own my my Bellman issue, I mean, I was in my I was a baby, so and. I'm, 
met my first husband when I was 16. So yes. the, I didn't know uh, what it meant at the time, but I did know that there was something wrong. And later I realized it was just because I didn't have any tools to say what it is I needed yes, in exactly. the relationship. Exactly. So yeah, you're right. It did have nothing to do with him, but there's always collateral the damage. He still has the right to be hurt, feel betrayed, right, be course. upset. Here's the hot mechanic and here he is you know, her husband by her side running the day-to-day life and, and working his ass off for his family. And, right. you know, and so he and didn't has, deserve that. He didn't deserve that. He has the right to feel betrayed. Uh, what he doesn't have the right to do, however, is to become abusive to her because right. of that. Of he can make his choice. I either want to work through this with you or I don't and then leave or decide that he loves her enough to work through this with her and stay. But you don't get to decide to stay and then torment the other person and still stay in the victim mode. Well, my friend did that to her husband. Yes, exactly. We she, do it all the time. He was so hurt and didn't want to look at herself, like yes. what you're talking about, for mm-hmm. a year and would torment him. And then actually she ended up having, um, what was it called? Revenge sex, yes, I guess, with somebody exactly. else. Mm-hmm. So now they're even. Which, I don't know. I don't know how that makes it even, but... (laughs) I don't either. It makes it difficult is what it makes it. Yeah. So, okay, so what are some other reasons why um, people cheat? Oh, some of the reasons are feeling neglected in the relationship, you know, or it could simply be they want a different experience of themselves. Especially as we get older, you see, you hear a lot of, you know, he bought a car that we can't afford or the, you know, Rolex or he had an affair with a woman like, you know, men in their middle Mm -hmm. age who will often cheat. And that's kind of the stereotype. It's not so much that they are hateful of their Mm -hmm. spouse. Again, it is more that they are looking for a different experience of themselves, whether it's to open themselves up to feeling like that young stud again, or simply I've lost a part of myself in being a husband and a father and a workhorse. And I know that there's more to me than this, but I don't know how to find that person in the context of this life. I need to create a different scenario for myself so that I can find that lost part of me that I'm lacking in the moment. And same with women. Women, I hear cheat because my husband doesn't even look at me anymore. He never takes me on anymore. We don't do anything funny anymore. But isn't the the foundation for a lot of this a lack of communication with ourselves and with our partner? A lack of introspection or like... Sometimes you don't know why you're doing it. It can be a lack of introspection, but you're not always going to know why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Even that woman who cheated on her husband, she didn't go into it saying, oh, I'm going to have this affair to resolve my past sexual trauma. Right. That was not what she thought to herself. She thought to herself, here's a hot guy and he's going to really give it to me the way I feel I crave right now. And in reality, what ended up happening was that her past sexual trauma felt resolved because she felt more empowered in that dangerous situation. But she didn't go into it knowing that. And so Mm -hmm. it is unrealistic for us to expect that any level of introspection or communication, I have to tell you, I have great strategies and tools for communication between couples. And what do I use it for? I use it in the very beginning of our work together because it removes the crutch of lack of communication. That's the only reason. So I teach them amazing communication skills Mm -hmm. that they then use, and it doesn't solve their problem, even though they're communicating openly. Well, well, I, I hear what you're saying, but like I was thinking like in an ideal world, when you're having that feeling of like, 
God, and man, that guy, I'm so attracted to him, or I'm getting mm-hmm. these sexy messages, or I'm, you know, that wandering eye. Yes. Is it possible for in that moment to share with yourself and then your partner? It is you know? totally possible, and okay. I would love to encourage that. Please, that is what I would hope that people would do. That is what we want people to do. But again, that's an ideal world. Well, we're afraid to admit it maybe to ourselves. Oh, I could talk like I've been there, but I would imagine I'm a, I would be afraid to admit it to myself. I'd feel guilty mm-hmm. and I'd feel like I've done something wrong. And then I would be afraid I was hurting the other person's feelings and that yes. they would be suspicious. I mean, there's a whole plethora, the whole list of reasons why and, not to talk to your partner about those you're, feelings. And you're opening yourself up right. to the abuse and the judgment right. when... You haven't even done anything. But (laughs) you're also opening yourself up to like an authentic relationship. Absolutely. And that is why I think what we started this conversation talking about is so important that you understand the other person's desire, the other person's wants and Mm -hmm. needs and the ways that they would like to fulfill them have nothing to do with you. And for you to take it personally because they want something that's not you is you adding a level of pressure on the other person, on the relationship, as well as stress on yourself to meet a need you were never prepared to meet. We have this this false idea that when we're intimate with someone, a significant other, whether it's long-term or not, that we're supposed to be their everything, their all, and they should never need anything outside Mm. of this relationship or outside of us. That is simply impossible for a lifetime. That's why we got to like our men be with their friends' girls oh, or gosh, our yeah. girlfriends be with their girlfriends. You know, with, we've got to like let, let, let our partner go. have a full life. Let, let them go play football with their friends. Right. Let them go watch sports. Let them go do these things because in reality, you cannot be their everything and nor do you want them to be your everything. That is an unhealthy dynamic, is to expect one person to fulfill every single need that you have. You should not have an expectation that your significant other should be there to fulfill any of your needs. As a whole, complete um, woman, you should be able to fulfill every need that you have. Absolutely. And they're the cherry on top. They're the icing on the cake. Right. They are the sunshine in the morning, but they're not your everything. You've got to have a nighttime and a moon too. You have to be able to have the full spectrum of life and you can't put that pressure on one person in your life to fulfill all of those needs. And it's when we do this that people start to feel trapped, that they start to feel um, demands put upon them that are impossible for them to meet. And because someone loves us, they will try their hardest to meet every demand that we make, but we're doing it unfairly. I have clients who they got married to a footballer just, you know, as recreation and suddenly they're married and they have children. No, you can't play football anymore. That is the kiss of death. That's what I'm saying. And they feel justified because, well, we have children now. You have to be responsible. If I'm home, Mm -hmm. you should be home. Mm -hmm. Why do you both need to be doing the same thing at the same time? That's why kids have two parents. And if you want to keep them having two parents, let him go play football. Then when he comes home, you go out and have some yoga time, whatever it is. You don't both need to be sitting on the sofa watching the children on the floor 24-7. Well, that takes self-confidence and Mm self-love. And back to what you were saying when you said don't take it personally – which I know some people are like rolling their eyes right yeah, now. Absolutely. But actually, we could broaden this, Layla, and it, this goes, I think, and tell me how you feel, it could go for our whole lives when we're. Uh, there's a friend, Nicole, I know you're listening, but I know you hate examples of on the road, but I love them because they're simple. But like when we're on the road and somebody cuts us off or gives us a finger, or like I was on the road the other day, 
And honestly, I did go through a yellow light and I never do that, but I did. I made a mistake. And this guy on a bicycle pointed a finger at me as if he was shooting a gun. Ooh. And I was like, oh my God, I put my hand on my heart. And I was like, okay, well, that, I shouldn't have gone through the yellow light, but what an asshole. It hurt my feelings. You know yes. what I mean? But I was taking it personally. That's like it. I was like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. And then I projected, what an asshole. Yep. But if we broaden it even more, other people's actions seemingly against us. There's nothing done to us, is what I'm trying to say. There are things that are done to us, and that's what I'd like to point out, too. There are so many other things that happen in relationship that well, are so much worse. Well, let me just clarify yeah. what I mean. Uh-huh. Nobody can make us feel a certain way. That's right. We feel a certain way because you know, they pushed a button. They did something, and it brought it, brought something us in. Up, something up in us. Yes. So when we can own that, I'm feeling this way without condoning the other person's behavior, you're saying it's healthier. It is healthier. And that doesn't mean you don't get to require anything different from them. It doesn't mean that you're sanctioning the affair. It doesn't mean that you're okay with them doing whatever it was that they're doing that makes you uncomfortable. What it means is don't take personally what they chose to do as meaning something about you as meaning that something's wrong with you or something's wrong in the relationship. Because when you do that, then you go into defensive attack mode and then you can't solve problems from that place. And how many, I'm just saying, I know there are some listeners who uh, are in same-sex relationships, but just overall, how many women, for example, because I know women cheat too, but mm-hmm. will blame um, the the woman that her husband or boyfriend had an affair with. Oh, that bitch, I can't believe this. How could she do this? And they'll go after that other person is nothing to do with that woman, correct? Nothing to do with her. And I mean, I think, we project because we're feeling, like you said, defensive. Yes. And I think that every woman should take responsibility for her own actions. So if there is a woman who is with a man who happens to be married, I do believe she should feel responsible for her part in that. But I don't think she's responsible to his wife. I think she's responsible for asking herself the question, what am I missing in my world that I would choose to do this with a man who's unavailable to me? Right. Okay. And that's where it doesn't make it right that she's doing this, but it's not a wrong against the wife. Do you right. see the difference? Again, yes. it's, it's n- n- stop giving ourselves permission to make what other people do for themselves about us. Plain and simple. What about when some people blame the um cheaty like and again i'm going back to the man woman thing yeah. husband wife thing but like oh you know wow he cheated i mean uh what 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 was what wasn't the wife or the girlfriend giving him right i mean it's completely it, inappropriate right it's, yeah it's again the victim blaming and the victim shaming and yes they are chances are they had a hand in where their relationship is not definitely but chances are it's important for anyone who's experiencing this in their life to ask themselves, what role did I play in my own experience of this thing? Because if it's happening to me, then I contributed something that allowed this into the realm of my experience. Mm. That's how you need mm-hmm. to look at it. Not so much what did I do to make them cheat, but what is it about me in my life that allowed this to come into play to put me in this place that I'm feeling even this way subconsciously because usually yes. it's, we're not consciously going oh I think Some- today I'm gonna let my husband cheat no and sometimes I'll tell you another story uh, another woman whose husband traveled for work regularly so he would be away for two months and home for two weeks and that happened all year long mm. for five six years and they had two children and he worked and she stayed home with the kids 
and he ended up having an affair. She didn't find out about the affair because, of course, he's away away. Mm -hmm. There's no way for her to know what's going on uh, until a baby came into play from the other woman. And she was beside herself because who here she is at home holding down the home Mm, front. This is not her fault that he chose to have an affair. But the reality is in a relationship, he spent two weeks out of every two months at home. She accepted it. And she accepted it because it provided her with the lifestyle Mm. that she needed to have and with the means to stay home with her children and still live in a good neighborhood with great schools. And do you understand what I'm saying? So are are you saying that if she took a second to ask herself what part of me subconsciously allowed this or created an environment for this to happen, Mm -hmm. not that I deserve this. Are you asking her to ask herself that? Asking her to ask herself that. Mm -hmm. How did she contribute to her own experience of this? Mm -hmm. What did she allow that maybe she could have chosen to rein in that allowed this to enter her world? And And why did she allow it? Asking herself, why did I allow it? The energy part of it, as you were mentioning, is that her mother, her father cheated on her mother. And that was a thing in their family. And she always said, that's never going to happen to me. I would never stay with a man who would do something like that to me. Never, never, never. Am I going to allow this in my world? And that was a focus on her to be hyper vigilant about what was happening with her man. And mind you, she did not make the mistake of marrying a serial cheater. This is a man who was suffering. He's alone. He's away. He has no family with him. He's Mm -hmm. just working, working, working. And you know, sleeping in some lonely apartment somewhere. And so he felt isolated and in he still had to live. In living, he formed a connection with someone. And it doesn't mean that it was a good connection, but it was better than no connection for him. Again, not an excuse, right. but it is a reason. He's isolated for nine months out of the year. And didn't have the courage or the whatever you want to call it to, to change his situation. No, because Maybe he, he felt knew like he I was providing provide. for yeah. his family. And that came first. And his wife did insist that he provide for them in this way, you know, with the security of the company that he was with and not wanting to lose that. He started off with them locally, but then they, you know how these things happen Mm -hmm. in the company and secure wise, he didn't feel like he could turn away from that. Um, And so the entire dynamic of their life supported that tragic decision. Mm -hmm. What happened to them? They're still together and it's 11 years later. Wow. Is he still traveling? No. In fact, they moved together to a completely different place um, so that he could take a job where he could live at home. Does he support that other child? He does. Does he see the child? And this is like a soap opera. I'm like wondering, what happened, Layla? Not really, because the child lives away. And Mm -hmm. so he doesn't travel to really see see the child anymore. And I mean, I'm sure that there's some communication, especially with technology, what it is. But um, in general, he is with his primary family. That's amazing. So they they were healing or have healed. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, had she been, had she given herself the permission to justify her indignation at his choice and to make them enemies and say, you did this to me, which mm-hmm. makes you my enemy. And that means you deserve to hurt from now forevermore. She would not have been willing to make the compromise to A, allow him back at home and even try to stay married, much less to move, pick up her children their whole life and move someplace else to support a different professional choice for him. Big. Had she not taken the personal responsibility to say to herself, how did I allow this in my life? 
not how did I contribute to him making his choices. His choices are his own. But if she didn't take the responsibility to say, how did I get here? How did I allow this in my life? Then she could have completely blamed it all on him because he did the wrong. Right. And she's home being the martyr, taking care of Mm -hmm. the house. Um, and so that's the dynamic that I'm talking about, that it's important for women, for men to take their power back and not allow what someone else does define who they are and their life circumstances. You can still choose. When you take your power back, I would imagine it would make it easier not to have at least so many flashbacks. Because I always imagine myself like, oh, my God, how does my friend do it? You know, mm-hmm. she gets naked with her husband. I mean, I'd be thinking, where's that thing been? Yeah. But I would I'm sure... You know, that comes up sometimes for people. But when you take your power back, does that help um, those wounds? What it does is it gives you personal license to take care of you. Mm -hmm. That instead of putting your energy and your focus on disciplining the other person and trying to find out where their penis has been, it gives you permission to really feel into the relationship to determine what it is you need for yourself and take care of you. That if you're triggered in a moment, that it gives you the permission to ask for what you want, not to tell them what they should not be doing. Well, that's key, Leila. Say, say that again. When you're, when you're triggered, mm-hmm. you say what you want. Yes. You don't tell the other person what to do. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you say what I need. You know... I need you to pay attention to me in this circumstance, you know. Not, you can even take the not, you out. Why? I need to I need love right now. Yes, I need love, I need attention, I need affection, right. mm-hmm. you know, not instead of saying, why are you looking at that girl? Right. Because whenever we do that, we all know we do it. We're really making a statement, a judgment, or really Absolutely. underneath that, we're trying to say how we feel, but we don't know how to do it or we choose not to. Yes. What we're really trying to say is I feel not good enough. Yes. So ask feel for invisible. what you want. Don't tell them what they're doing wrong or tell them what not to do. Ask for what you want. So that really gives perspective on why people would cheat. Because like, you know, we see these celebrities, like I remember when Christy Brinkley a long time ago was cheated on a supermodel. And I was like, all my girlfriends were like, oh my God, there's no hope for us if her husband cheats on her. But it has nothing to do with how she looked. Correct? Absolutely nothing to do with how you look, has nothing to do with the quality of woman that you are. We have so many professional women who are super high quality um, that any man would want. And then their significant other cheats on them with, you know, a stripper at the strip club or a, a single mom who is in a desperate situation or someone that you would think to yourself, that person doesn't have their life together. Right. And I do. Why would you choose to right. be with someone who mm-hmm. doesn't have their life together? Or as women, we sometimes judge other women as well. She's not even pretty. All the time. Or she's mm-hmm. overweight. Mm-hmm. And I go to the gym like 12 times a mm-hmm. week. And how could they, you exactly. know, <laughs> how could they be with someone like that when they have this at home? Right. Because it's not about that. It's so not about you and how great you are. And that is what our narcissistic society has led us to believe is the truth that we have to change in order to prevent other people from seeking to meet their needs in ways that don't include us. Right. And it doesn't. It has nothing to do with us. No. Um, well, that was a, that was a hell of a great 15 minutes. <laughs> how can the cheaty forgive? And how can the cheater forgive him or herself? And it does have to be a combined effort. 
if the two people want to stay in it together. You know, obviously the cheaty can heal on their own without the person if they choose to not want that person in their life anymore mm -hmm. and can done can be done super powerfully um, in, again, having that be their first realization that it's not about them, that that person's decisions were not about them. That's where you got to start. If you want to work on it together and you at least want to give that, you know, a solid try, whether it works out in the end or not, then the way to do it is to have... Um, an open dialogue, an open conversation, again, without the judgment and without the assumption that this person is doing something to hurt me, something that they did might hurt me, but they're not doing it for that purpose. So have the open dialogue where you are looking at each other and seeing each other as individuals with separate needs and separate wants. We get so enmeshed mm -hmm. in relationship, especially when we're together for a really long time, that it's easy for us to forget that the other person is a separate person from us, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's to see each other as separate people and not just who they are that serves you. So don't just see them, this is my husband or this is my wife or this is my woman, even in same-sex relationships, that they belong to me, but to see them as someone who belongs to themselves, that has personal sovereignty and that you belong to yourself and you have personal sovereignty. So you do that, and then you're in a place where you can hear what they have to say and what got the both of you to this point. That really helps, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. in, in, don't you think that forgiveness, whether you stay together or not, is obviously, well, it's key to healing. It because is. if uh, a man or a woman is wounded, I hear this so many times, my last... There's a good friend of mine. He um, yeah, he was saying, you know, my ex, he cheated on me. And he, I can just feel he's carrying this around like a heavy suitcase. Yes. There's healing in forgiving, even from afar. You don't even need to like, that person doesn't even need to be in the same room. Absolutely. But, and you never have to allow them back in your life. Right. But for you to forgive that they did this to you and to forgive yourself that you were someone who allowed this to happen to you or that you chose the wrong person or whatever it is. And there are people who, again, reasons, who cheat because they want the relationship to end. Oh, wow. That's kind of cowardly if I can it judge. Is. Yeah, it does seem that way. But yeah, there are people who just don't know how to make that decision and they want the other person to make it. So they are a bad person. They go and they do the wrong thing and they cheat, which leaves the other person no choice but to say, okay, we're done. You don't want to work that out mm. and we're done. And it's an easy way out. But you just said, I just want to tweak that for a second. You, mm -hmm. uh, you just said a couple of sentences ago, um, this person did this to you. Isn't it that the person did it and it affected me? Yes. Greatly? Oh, totally. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Because it seems like it's to me because, you know, we're together. Yes. But okay. Mm -hmm. um, you say you don't believe relationships are or should be unshakable, but you believe they can be unbreakable. Is that mm -hmm. also the case for cheating? Oh, gosh, yeah. I have people who come to me who their relationship breaks up and there is no cheating. And the majority of the people who come to me do end up staying together when there is cheating, at least for a while. And remember that not every relationship is meant to last a lifetime or forever. That sometimes a successful relationship lasts for four years or lasts for 10 years or lasts for 40 years. And then it's time has come to an end. Um, so the cheating is actually not a relationship is not any more likely to end because of cheating than for any other thing. 
And so that I think is a huge fallacy that because someone uh, experiences infidelity in their relationship, that the natural thing is that trust can never be rebuilt and it has to end. I see marriages and long-term relationships end for a whole host of reasons, and it doesn't happen any more often for cheating than for anything else. How do you teach uh, a man or a woman to trust again in the same relationship? Okay, that again has to do with the individual who's not trusting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it is A, making sure that the person who committed the offense is compassionate for the pain that this person is going through because of their actions. And so a level of compassion and softness and understanding that they feel hurt by something you did is necessary. So that's that person's contribution. They have to genuinely understand and be tuned into the fact that something they did caused a consequence of hurt in this other person. Sometimes it's hard for some people to do that because they feel so guilty mm-hmm. and then they get angry. But yes. if they can move past their own guilt and anger, the first step is compassion. The first step is compassion and to reassure that person that they are loved by you and that you're in alignment with your goals for a future together. To reassure them that not only do you love them, uh, and want them in your life, but that you still envision the future together that you always did before. So it's, again, being in alignment, being in alignment with your future, but also being in alignment emotionally. I never want you to have to feel this way again. You know, those kinds of things. What can I do to help you through this? Asking those questions. Um, again, not debasing yourself or uh, turning yourself into this, you know, sometimes we can victimize ourselves with guilt. and say, I'm already guilty, so feel bad for me. It's not about going to that place, but it's really getting in alignment with the person that you've offended. And so once that person has been able to receive that and feel understood, feel that their pain and their grief and their loss is understood, then they can start to move forward from there. Um, When they're triggered in the short term, it's important for that the offender, we'll call them, Mm -hmm. to understand that those triggers are going to happen. And yes, I may be hurt by them being triggered in the moment, but I still have compassion for the fact that I played a role in this dynamic between us. But at some point that has to be dealt with by the person who is in the victim position. Right. You can't be, like you said, torturing them for three years. Oh, there you go again, looking at Betty or whatever. Okay. At some point, that person has to decide... I either love this person enough to let go of that offense and move forward, or I don't love them enough to do that. And I need to save myself and save them from this um, toxic dynamic Mm -hmm. that we have, because it does lead to toxicity. And that's another thing that comes up a lot is it often infidelity or these kinds of things that rise up in a relationship are often what expose deeper personal weakness in one or both of the partners. Right, there's already a problem. Exactly, but a problem that no one was catching because Mm -hmm. it's such a habitual dynamic between them. But when it rises up in these uh, dramatic and traumatic ways, it really brings to light some of those issues of maybe... um, insidious abuse that was existing already, but that now is so blatant and obvious that it cannot be ignored anymore. Or neglect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me just repeat what you just said. So for the cheater, your your main tips are number one, soften our judgment, excuse me, 
Okay, for the cheaty, let me just reiterate some of your points, your tips yeah. to do, some of your tools here. For the person who was cheated on, number one, uh, soften our judgment mm-hmm. on what's going on. Number two, you can do that by not taking it personally or at least be willing to consider not taking it personally because it's, this is a big one. And the advantage of not taking it personally and looking at the other person as separate than you him or her not doing this to you um there was something going on in them or you take your power back it's not necessarily directly about you it affects you deeply Mm -hmm. um but it's not about you you and number three your other tip is for the person who was cheated on ask for what you want in that relationship i want to feel safe i want to feel secure i want attention Mm -hmm. i want honesty um, and your other two tips for the person who actually was doing the cheating, the cheaty, number one, have compassion, practice at least, have compassion for the person who you offended. Yes. Your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever. And that comes from after you forgive yourself or at least work on that. And number two, uh, try to practice understanding their pain. Put yourself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Again, goes back to the guilt, but practice forgiving yourself. And then I think, right, you can do, number two, understand their pain better. Yes. And I want to draw attention to that word guilt. You know, we feel like guilt and guilty feelings are a good thing. They're not. Come away from guilt. It's not the way as adults that we need to be disciplining ourselves. We need to discipline ourselves with compassion and empathy. You have to, when you offend someone, when you do something that hurts someone else, you need to think about them first and what they need to recover from the offense that you were the perpetrator of. And you have to think about them primarily and what it is they need to know from you in order to let go of that hurt. What do they need to experience from you in order to let go of that hurt? If you go to a guilty place, guilt is almost self-protective. Yeah. Guilt is like, I feel guilty. I feel this. So look at me and what I'm going through Mm. because I don't hurt me because I'm already hurting because I feel so guilty by punching myself. So don't punch me. Exactly. Don't try to retaliate against me is the message because I already feel so bad. And really, why should they care that you feel so bad? What they need to know is that you care about what they're going through because of your actions. So yes, you need to set your own guilty feelings aside. Recognize that what you did is wrong. Doesn't mean you don't feel responsible, feel responsible for what's going on here. But does guilty, put the guilty feelings aside. They they bear no uh, um, benefit in an adult relationship. Or deal with them on your own with a therapist. That's it. But don't bring it into the relationship. No. And if you want to explain things, explain them with the mindset that I'm telling you this so that you don't continue to have a false uh, story in your head. Because, you know, the the person, the cheaty, will often create stories around the scenario that are real. And so, okay, I'm explaining to you what happened so that you can let go of that misperception and see the real thing. Don't explain it so that you can defend yourself and there's a difference and in the in the explaining don't give so many details because i know some people are like oh my god what happened what did she look like how many times you do it what what was her perfume like that don't don't do that right because you're what is that about and there are a lot (laughs) i'm gonna go against the grain here because there are a lot of uh therapists and other professionals who say you have to tell them everything whatever they want to know tell them everything that's the only way to move past it and i personally don't believe that i believe that it puts 
um, pictures and ideas in the head of the other person. Yeah, who's adds already color to the picture they already it have. Does, it does. I think that it's just important for them to know what it meant for you to do this so that they understand what this did for you, what you got out of it. They don't need to know the details of what hotel you stayed in and what perfume she weared and wore. And, you know, they don't need to know all of those details or how many times or well, But all they want to know mainly, I think sometimes people want to know because, well, to paint the picture and because there's distrust, well, mm-hmm. tell me something. Right. So what I will tell you is what this did for me, which is the why. Right. You know, I will tell you that. Um, when I was in this relationship, this is what I was feeling. This is what I was missing. This is how I was experiencing myself. This is what I got to experience with this person. And I would have liked that with you. Or maybe the answer is like that woman we talked about Mm -hmm. earlier. I didn't want that with you because that would have changed our dynamics. But I felt the need to experience it at this phase in my life. Whatever it is, it's important to be able to have that open dialogue. And even hearing that much is still going to hurt. But it's intimacy. That's the intimacy part. And it's to get comfortable. When you are with someone long term, you cannot confine them to the box of this is my husband, this is my wife, this is mine. You must allow them to be a separate person. And the way that I have people understand that is um, demarry. Before you get divorced, demarry. Just separate out the marriage or the commitment and just see each other as family, mm-hmm. as two people who have built a life together, who share a life together, but who are not the same person. So demarry, take out the the responsibility mm-hmm. to each other, take out all of that so that and you see can if you see still, each other you still for who you are other. and decide if you right. want to still be with each other. That's a good so idea. I always encourage people, if you feel like you're on the brink, mm-hmm. demarry for a little bit before you actually sign those formal papers. Because again, not every relationship is meant to last until the end of time. Right. And it's okay that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But evaluate this situation, not from a sense of uh, ownership or that you belong to me and you should do things my way, damn it. It is from the sense of, I see you and I see who you are and I choose you again anyway, or I don't. And who you are is fine, just not fine for me anymore. Right. Because maybe the person says, you know what? I need to have sex with multiple people. That, That's, and that happens. works for you, but that doesn't work for me, maybe. That's right. But honesty, being clear. Honesty. Layla, wow. That was like eight therapy sessions in one. That was so great. Good stuff. If you want to get in contact with Layla, you can reach her at LaylaBlackwell.com. Let's yes. spell that. L-E-I-L-L-A, Blackwell, B-L-A-C-K-W-E-L-L.com. I always try to say it's like spelled like a Hawaiian lay, double L-A. I've been misspelling her name in emails since she got here. <laughs> you can also reach Layla on all the social media platforms as well, or you can give her a call, 954-294-8083, 954-294-8083. And you can also check out her book, She Loved Herself and Essential Wisdom. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. 
You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out. Maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and they help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.